Welcome back to Talking with Topher. This is episode five. Um, doing another late podcast. Uh, had a oops, ooh, had a very uh, frustrating week. Um, tried to uh, add a step in and on my back deck and shouldn't. Shouldn't be too hard, you know, rip out the old step, put in a new step, but not in this house. Uh, Everything is so old that uh, everybody just kind of built on top of everything. So I ripped the old step off and I find a water spigot underneath it. And um, so weird. So I trace the plumbing back and find out that the spigot one is no good, which is why they put a step on top of it. And two, the piping um, needed to be cut out. So I, luckily, uh, there was an on and off valve uh, really, really way back at the line. So I got to cut the pipe, pull it out, and then put in a small step, or it's like a small little patio. I turned it into a patio instead of a step. It's a little bit safer for the winter. And this has unleashed a small leak in another pipe further down. Um, and this pipe actually goes to my forced water uh, heating system. And so I had to go to the store and get some copper fittings, put that up. Um, and now I have to cut a piece of pipe that I had no idea um, that I was going to touch. And it just seems like every time I start and finish a project, uh, the house gives me another one to work on. It was at the time that I was adjusting the hangers for the copper pipe, because in this house, I have like metal, um, they're like shaped like a V. And the, v, the bottom of the V part where my thumbs are, you can see that that like holds the copper pipe. So the copper pipe will fall into here and then extended off of here is two little hooks. And that wraps around the pipe and then nails into the joist. Um, so I noticed that that pipe, its hanger was actually not attached to the joist and it was just kind of swinging upside down on the pipe. So. I picked it up and I just put it in and I banged it in with a hammer and the next day I go back to it and it's leaking. Putting the hanger on the pipe and then banging next to it. I think I broke up the corrosion built around it and now it's causing a leak. And I don't know if anybody else uh, out there has the same issue or if you have an older house where you're constantly you, you just feel like you're constantly putting work into it and every time you try to get a small list of things done you wind up with another list of things to do because you've unburied something or I got a lot of that around here a lot of hidden uh, things people instead of you know taking the time I mean it took me five minutes to take out the spigot and uh, if anybody else deals with that I I feel for you because it's very frustrating. You know, this house was built in the 1900s, so 
when it was built, there was no bathroom, no plumbing, and no electricity in this thing, um, according to the records. Uh, so as uh, society started bringing bathrooms into houses and indoor plumbing <clears throat> and all these other things, uh, the house slowly started updating. So as time progressed, um, you know, they just put in these bits and pieces. And so the house was never originally built for plumbing or electricity or any of this stuff. And so it slowly got put into the house after the fact. Uh, interesting to find a spigot underneath a deck step. Um, and then now I have a leaky hot water pipe. So, but we'll get it fixed. I got a bucket under it. It's not leaking fast, so I'm not like worried about it. But it was just one of those things where it was frustrating. Anybody out there like video games? Well, I got a podcast for you. It's thearcadebros.com. So that's T-H-E-A-R-C-A-D-E-B-R-O-S dot com. The Arcade Bros dot com. Check them out. Great podcast. Yeah, I got another story for you. Um, this one uh, takes place back in 2004. Broke up with long-term girlfriend at the time. Um, quit my job. And then I picked up a new job uh, doing some siding with a friend. And then uh, I was living with my parents but did not want to be at my parents' house. Um, started hanging out with a couple friends, met somebody through there. Um, and at these times, uh, you know, we were spending most of our time uh, drinking doing a lot of doing a lot of shit uh, a lot of drugs um, I think at the time that I made the decision to move into this guy's apartment I was actually man I don't remember if I was in an apartment or a trailer it's probably a trailer truthfully we were cooking some special K up um, and uh, that basically consisted of a liquid that somebody had you heat it up in a frying pan and it turns into a powder and then uh yeah we were doing doing some k and uh we ended up talking and the guy i was hanging out with he was like yeah man i got i got a place where you can stay if you want it um you'll be renting a room i don't remember if he was a cousin something like that so i thought it was a great idea at the time i was like fuck it let's do it so i move out of my parents' house, move into this guy's apartment, and probably, I had a feeling he was into some shit, but it was probably about two or three days after I moved in that I found out he was a crackhead. And that was not unsettling for me. I moved all my shit into uh, this one room in this guy's apartment. I was trying to get a job at FireEye, um, and I got the job. I was super pumped to be starting there. Um, I think I worked there for about a week. Um, so back to living with this guy. I, I was living with him, had all my stuff in there. I'm trying to do music, be a DJ, um, all this stuff. And it is just a reckless, wild time. Um, 
I was doing crack, methadone, um, special K, uh, just anything I could get my hands on. I had, you know, just broken up with a girl that I had been with for shit eight. It was about an eight-year run, um, and so I just I didn't care about much of anything at that point, and I was in a position where I could get get away with a lot of stuff. Now I'm I'm pretty sure my license my license was suspended, but it was not for drinking this time. I think it was for speeding tickets, because um, unfortunately my driving record is pretty pretty long um mm, yeah yeah it's pretty long um but so i'm living with him i'm doing all these things and prior to all this um which will be another story for another day but um there was um i had put a car into a snowbank and cops showed up and at this at that time um they ended up charging me with a second DUE, um, which I was in the middle of fighting. So we'll go back to this situation, and I'm now living with him. I'm driving on a suspended license to stores, picking up money, going back to his place, um, and smoking, drinking, and doing all kinds of stupid, crazy shit. And so now I am uh, getting closer to my court date, um, I've been working at FireEye for a week. Things seem to be going well. And at the time, I was very, very, very cocky. And I knew that these guys did not have me on a DUE. So uh, my Ford Explorer at the time, uh, this is probably, I forget what number vehicle that was, but gone through quite a bunch of vehicles in my days. Uh, which I have come to find out not many people go through as many vehicles as I did. So I don't know if that was, that was not a very good thing. Uh, I definitely know it was not a good thing. I was crashing them all the time. Um, but yeah, so they come to the court date with me. And I walk in there and I'm like, yeah, this is great. They did not have me on a DUI. I'm getting out of here today. And so we go in and we sit down and then they call me up stand up and they're like all right and I tell my story cop was obviously there he tells his judge makes his decision he goes on DUE second offense not guilty and I was like oh cool but I had resisted arrest um, and so he was like and on resisting arrest um, that's gonna be 30 days and so I was completely and absolutely unprepared for a situation like that. And so I couldn't, couldn't leave. It was instant, that moment. And then I had all my stuff at this guy's place. I already know he's, well, basically a scumbag, because he was. And... Uh, now I'm hanging out with these chicks that, well, not exactly the type of people you would trust in your house by themselves. I got handcuffed, dragged out of the uh, 
finding it dragged out. You know, I wasn't kicking and screaming. I was upset, um, but not kicking and screaming. So they, 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 they lock me up. They throw me in the, the holding tank in the courthouse. And then uh, I can't contact anybody. I can't do anything. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. Um, according to what my parents told me, those girls ended up dropping off my car I think a day or two later after they had to like chase them down and get it back from them um, there was no gas in it and at the time we used to drive around with booklets of CDs and all of them were original CDs so we'd buy the CD and then put it in the book and we'd drive around with it well and then as time went on you know there was burning of discs so most people carried around a copy of a disc but back in the day we used to grab the original out of the case and slip it into that thick booklet and we had the original CD and sometimes you'd keep a, the books and stuff in there and it man they were heavy and it was bulky but it worked and unfortunately uh, they there was no CDs in the car so uh, it was just it was it was a crazy time I I'm sitting in jail and um, I think I was like a buck 25 at the time by the time I left there I was 145 so probably it was great it was great like the experience was not that bad I was expecting a lot worse and all you do in there is eat and work out so I got bulked up, plus at the time that I went in, they were still serving regular milk. It's over here to talk to you about New Hampshire Vape Gallery, located in Seabrook, New Hampshire, in between Home Depot and Smoke Rings, 180 Lafayette Road. Um, you can give them a call, 603-814-4171. Uh, they can also be uh, located on Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, Twitter. Just go to the search bar and type in NHVG. Uh, this vape shop has everything. Disposable selection, juice selection, mod selection, accessory selection. They just have it all. Um, so if you're novice all the way to expert, they have everything for you. So again, uh, that's New Hampshire Vape Gallery, 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, 603-814-4171. The website is V-A-P-E-G-A-L-L-E-R-Y-N-H.com. That's VapeGalleryNH.com. And also check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Snapchat. Just go to the search bar, type in NHVG, and follow. You know, the food is just not the same as what it was when I was in there in 2004 and so you bulk up you bulked up pretty quick um, which was nice I uh, um, then um, I'm, I'm in there and I'm doing my thing I'm probably about six seven days in and I get a call or I called my parents I'm not sure yeah I probably called my parents so you, you have to call out I don't think people can call in and uh, so I'm talking to my mom, and uh, she she's like, "Oh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, yeah, all your all your stuff is gone." 
And I was like, what? Because during this time, I'm trying to call them and have them go get my stuff out of this guy's apartment before it goes missing. Well, unfortunately, uh, the, one of my good friends at the time and my parents, um, I guess, showed up at the apartment. And this guy was literally passing my stuff out. He took everything out of the apartment and gave it to anybody who would take it. So I'm talking socks, pants, video games. I mean, just all my turntables. I got to keep my vinyl, but my speakers, my turntables, my mixer, my video games, all my collectibles, and like all a lot of my clothing, uh, he just gave away. So when my parents finally got down there with the cops and my friend, so that my friend, because who I was hanging out with at the time, he was like, no, 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 this is his, and this is his, and this is his. And the guy kept saying, no, 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 this is mine. And then the cop was like, I'm sorry, but it's in his apartment. So therefore, nine-tenths of the law is possession. And uh, so, yeah, all my stuff, uh, pretty much gone. Uh, when I... Um, so now I'm talking to my mom, and I'm, I'm learning this story. I'm hearing it for the first time, and she goes, I'm sorry, but we got what we could, and you'll have to take care of the rest when you get out, um, but I'll just let you know right now there's not much left. So now I'm stuck. I got another 24 days in this place, and all my shit's gone. So I have no idea what to expect when I come home. Um... But yeah, so I do my time, uh, you know, just keep the head down, do what you gotta do and get out of there. Just don't cause problems or mouth off to the wrong person. It's pretty easy for the most part. Um, and then uh, I get out 30 days later, go to my parents' house and op they, they open the garage and they're like, all right, so this is, this is what you got left. And I think I had about 25% of my shit and I was like, it, like all my collectibles were gone. I had a knife collection, a glass collection, video game collection, just all kinds of shit that I really, really, well, I enjoyed collecting. And uh, so now it's all gone. So you got to kind of swallow that. And then, uh, you know, I got no CDs because those all got stolen. So, and um, yeah, it's just, it was, it was a, uh, it didn't open my eyes per se. It kind of, it just made me angry. So I thought that I had some like fighting chance. So I decided to take them all to court and see if I could get the money worth, you know, for my stuff that was stolen. And then I find out, you know, during this long court process, um, one, um, if you are a person um, with no job and on welfare, there is no way, oh, if you're a person that without a job and you're on welfare and you try to sue them, so now I'm suing this guy and this is his situation, once everything's said and done, the judge goes, he has no job, so he has no way of paying you. So, case closed. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
And he's like, no, 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 there's no waiting. It's, it's over. But I'm going to tell you right now, if he gets a job and you get proof that he has a job, then you can bring him back to court and you can try it again. And I'm like, what? So I learned this and had to let it go. There was no way this guy was ever going to get a job. He was just going to do what he did, and that was it. And he may or may not be alive today because of the way he was treating his body and the drugs he was doing. So I'm not – it's just one of those things. Like those type of people, I think they – I think they uh, – what is it uh, – outlive our expectations or my expectations of how long he'll actually live he probably is still alive today doing the exact same thing he was doing 16 years ago um but um the the track record shows that those people don't survive um they od you know um and of course fentanyl is out everywhere and i'm sure that guy got his hands on that stuff too so um but and then i tried to sue girl because of my CDs and I went and I looked up every CD and I just wrote down the price of it and back in 2004 it wasn't as easy to find like now you can look up something and it'll be like well if it's in used condition it's this much if it's this it's that and you know the price goes up if it's newer now back in 2004, you could only find like the actual price of the disc. So I was just trying to put a list of stuff together so that I could have a dollar amount when I went into court because they wanted a dollar amount. So I do all this work, I put everything together, and I tell him how much I believe my CDs, well, I tell him how much I pay for my CDs. And he goes, he looks at everything. He goes over. She says stuff. He says stuff. I say stuff. We sit down. He may, and then he starts speaking, and he goes, "No." And I was like, "I'm like, why?" And he goes, "Because you're asking for full value for used CDs, and I don't believe they're worth this. So, no." And that was something I was not prepared for either, because I thought if I bought these which I did and then I told you how much I paid for them I figured the court would be like alright he's asking for this but they're used this much but no if you go in there with a number and the judge is like nope that's the wrong number then that's the end of it there's nothing else you can do so I learned the hard way that if you are going to put some type of court case together to try and get money back um, there's a lot more than just telling them what happened and then hoping that they side with you you really got to have a lot more uh, details uh, you can't be trying to uh, rip off the other person which I'm, I wasn't I was just they said hey um, this is this is uh, what we want. We want you to tell us what you paid for your CDs. And so I did, and it kind of bit me in the butt because I went full price. So I guess you're not supposed to do that. Um, so I lost that one too. So I lost 75% of my stuff, spent 30 days in jail, and then got out and lost two 
uh, court cases. Um, also, losing the job at FireEye. I got fired, like, no, I didn't get fired, but I tried, I called them while I was in uh, jail, and they were like, yeah, no, we can't hold this for you. And I was like, okay, thanks. Uh, living with my parents. Um, all my shit's gone. Fresh out of jail. Uh, no girlfriend, no nothing. And now I'm just trying to uh, figure out what's next for me. So it's just one of one of those things where you, you just... It seems like a good idea. At least it did at the time. And um, I think it was the drugs that made it seem like a good idea. I do believe it was also the drinking and the drugs that told... I told myself that this was a great place to be. Like, it wasn't great, but I was like, it's a place. And this will be fun. And I convinced myself that it was a good idea. And I that's just the power of um, the drug and alcohol influence. Or if I was in the position that I am today, and I was to walk into that same apartment, I would have walked in one step I probably won't even made it through the door to be honest with you probably would not have made it through the door today and I just it just shows me that the alcohol and the drugs just completely impaired um, my my entire thought process just all judgment out the window. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to move my shit in. And, da, 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 da. and then I find out he's a crackhead. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, too. I'm just going to start doing that. So, um, uh, that that's, that's pretty much it. That was my, my uh, another time where alcohol and drugs uh, impaired my judgment. And all I did was make poor decisions. Uh, up until I got out of jail and then again and then when I got out I was now clean no alcohol no nothing and now starting a new segment yeah so that's that that's the story of uh, well the first time that I spent some actual real time in jail and uh, I was always uh I always thought it was a little... Your brain makes things out to be a lot worse, and TV sometimes makes things to be makes things out to be a lot worse uh, than they actually are. And I, I don't know if it was the way I treated the situation or what, but my time in jail was not horrible. And actually, I met a couple people in there. Uh, no, I don't. I don't talk to them anymore, but I did meet some guys in there, and I got some really cool stories from them, and uh, I just made the best of the situation. Talking with Topher here, want to tell you about this great company I just got introduced to. It's called Natural Boss. See that? That's their hand sanitizer. This stuff is great. Uh, put it on my skin and it makes it feel nice and smooth and it doesn't leave it all sticky like a lot of those hand sanitizers out there do. In early 2019, Natural Boss began its mission. 
It is to provide pure and effective natural body care that is genuine and authentic. Natural Boss products are far from basic and designed to work deeply. It is for women and men who want to feel uh, nursed and natural. So this stuff is great. Uh, like I said, I put it on my skin. It makes my hands feel nice and smooth after. Um, if I get out of the store and I spray it on my hands and then I go to use my steering wheel, uh, my hand's not sticking to the steering wheel. So it's, it's just a phenomenal product. And I want you guys to check, the, check them out. So it is N-A-T-U-R-A-L B-O-S-S-N-H dot com. And that's naturalbossnh.com. And again, N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H dot com. Check them out. Phenomenal product. My running has been going for three weeks now. It's been really good. And one thing I really enjoy doing um, that I got into uh, about four years ago now um, is water fasting. So I do a five-day water fast every six months, and it is something that has tremendously changed my life um, and my body. <clears throat> I, uh, everybody thinks I'm crazy. Everybody thinks that it's something that you shouldn't be doing. Um, I 100% believe in fasting, um, whether you're doing intermediate fasting or if you're doing um, any type of long-term fasting. I do not go past five days. Um, I drink five 20-ounce bottles of water in that in 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 one day um during my water fast anyway five is my number that i have to hit but sometimes i drink a little bit more than that um and it's just great uh day one always super easy um get a little hungry towards the end day two for me i start to get the grumblies uh and then you start getting a little hungry um and then day day three day three is brutal for me I don't know about everybody but day three is brutal I mean you can I've looked at a billboard of a burger and like just been so hungry and uh, but day three is also one of the most important days um, that's where a lot of the enzymes and the bacteria in your gut start destroying the bad bacteria in your gut and starts cleaning your system. So you got day one where you're burning all the food that you ate from the day before. And then you got day two, which is uh, finishing up that, that digestive and kind of just getting rid of the rest of it. And then day three, your bacteria will actually start killing the bad bacteria and rebuilding itself. Your stomach will actually heal itself because um, it has nothing in there to process. And then um, day four, all of a sudden the hunger kind of disappears. You feel a little weak, really not supposed to be working out or doing any heavy uh, lifting or uh, 
running or nothing, nothing extreme. Um, I would still, I would not do any exercising or anything else during my five day water fast, but I would always go to my jujitsu classes. And by day five, when you're completely empty, your body is drained, you're almost like sick. And, um, I would go to my jujitsu class and I'd be so excited that it was day five. And then we go into full randori. And by the time I left class, my whole body was shaking because uh, it, it was burning off of nothing except for water. So, um, like I said, day four, the hunger goes away. By day five, you just feel sick a little bit, a little weak. Um, and then day six, uh, you start eating again. And the, what I like to do is I like to do like a fruit smoothie. Um, I keep it mostly green smoothies. I try to keep it uh, blended, liquid, um, for at least my first like two meals. And then at the end of the day, I'll add a little bit of solid in between that. Um, and the reason for that is because what happens is, is when your stomach is gone through this fast, it is now empty. And there's nothing in it. It's not extended. It's the exact size it was that it that it's supposed to be, um, and it's not doing anything. So now, if you were to do a five day water fast and then you get off of it and you go right into eating, um, you can actually become constipated. And it can take a day or two for you to poop, um, which can get very uncomfortable uh, where I had leaky gut and um, I had to go through in a tremendous process to take care of my leaky gut. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that's super important to me is gut health. Um, so you want to uh, go in, go slow. I liquefy a lot of stuff, then I add a little bit of solid, and then the next day I'll do like solid foods in the morning instead of a smoothie and get the body back up to where it needs to be. And this is a great time as well to um, look at your diet. I like to go through everything that I'm eating, and I 86 more stuff. I'll take more of the crap that I'm eating, and I take that out. And then I try to find things to substitute that and I go over my entire diet and I change everything um, again uh, just for a good reset. Sometimes you get bored of the meals that you're eating. Um, but for me, it's pretty much meat, greens and, you know, um, any type of a starch that won't inflame my stomach. Um, so... Uh, but everybody, uh, everybody I talk to, there's very, very few people that I talk to that are like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, I love that. Um, about 90% of the people that I talk to are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, water fast, five days. And they're like, you don't eat anything for five days? And I go, no, nah, nothing, just water. And so many people can't even fathom that. They're just like, no, this is, that's not something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to eat. Um, but it's, it's, it's done great things for me. Um, and like I said, I do it every six months. So I do it now 
And I'll start it on Monday, finish it up on Friday. So next week I'll be talking to you about how it was, or maybe I'll do the podcast in the middle of it and let you know how I'm doing. The males, uh, they say that a 12, 14, or 16-hour fast, and you just fit that into your schedule, and you can give an intermediate uh, fast a try. Um, they do say for women, I've heard 10, 12, and 14. Um, I guess women are not supposed to fast as extreme as men. Uh, I've heard this on Ben Greenfield, and uh, he's probably the person I listen to the most uh, about gut health and uh, biohacking and any of that type of stuff. Um, Definitely one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever listened to on gut health. And then there's a uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, um, who is a great podcast as well. And I mean, she's just, she also talks about gut health and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, those are two really good two good ones to check out if you are interested in your gut health or if you've got questions. Um, uh, I use those a lot and just, yeah, give it a shot. It's very good for you. Um, If you're having trouble losing weight, uh, fasting will uh, help that process. Um, Not feeding the system, letting the system uh, uh, breathe and work and clean itself out um, is very good for you um it's very good and then uh getting rid of that bad bacteria you know cutting out those sugars um that's all going to help uh with the goal of um getting in better health or if you need to lose weight um so that's just something that i like to do that's uh my discipline twice a year along with the rest of the stuff that i do Um, but the five day water fast is probably one of, one of the hardest things that I do because you really have to train, you have to, you're not eating and water gets really boring after day three or two actually. So I say, if you are looking for a challenge and, uh, you're looking to get your gut right, give it a shot whether it's intermittent fasting or it's a five-day water fast. Um, Just try it. And this has been Talking With Topher. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and like my videos.